yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who's about? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Another wonderful weekend of HBCU sports. Man, the ups and downs, big plays, not so big plays, and a game-winning field goal to knock down a rival. It don't get much better than that. I'm going to start it out just like this before I even do the welcome. DJ Jones, slowburnswaco.com. You got a cigar coming to you anytime. You win a game against your rival and break a streak. You deserve a cigar, my man. Slowburnswaco.com. Oh, man, it's been a long time coming. Appreciate it. No yeah. doubt about it. You and all the Jaguar fans. In addition, Saturday's Carlos Brown show, you called. Welcome to episode 200 of Inside HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash from all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, as well as B.J. Jones. We are filming from our home studios to get it done today for you all in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Shout out to Texas Southern University, man. They laid a bomb on somebody. We'll talk about that Ooh. on the show. Yeah. Credit to them. I don't Ooh, know man. if that was a statement or not, but they showed <laughs> points all over. The Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THP, which is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, let me go to you first, Charles. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Dr. Gill. I, I want to uh, unfortunately start uh, the show off on a, on a somber note um, and, and mention the passing of one of the great all-time swag legend basketball coaches, Lafayette Stribbling. He passed away uh, last night. Uh, if you know anything about Coach Stribb, he led Mississippi Valley State and Tubalo. Uh He had uh, a record of 442 to, uh, to 367. He won 316 games at Mississippi Valley State. They also won three swag championships in 19... Uh, 86, 1992, and 1996. And, of course, if you remember the 1986 team, they almost had that upset of Duke uh, that would have been the first 16 seed to knock off a number one seed. So definitely want to send condolences to the Lafayette Stribling family and the Mississippi Valley State and Tougaloo family as well. Very appropriate. and glad you did that. And certainly while he was first class in terms of his coaching prowess on the court, he was also a mastermind in terms of how he dressed and made sure everybody yes. knows that he was going to be the flies one on the court in terms of the sidelines. 
So there was two competitions that went on. What he was going to do and make sure his Delta Devils was prepared and ready for you. But also he wanted everybody in there to know that he could be clean and he would be clean. So shout out to him in terms of his spirit, to his family, all the Delta Devil fans and many of the SWAT fans that loved every piece of what he got done. Thank you for bringing it up, Charles. Sure. Mike, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, man. Just dealing with these <clears throat> airport delays and reshuffles, but <laughs> uh, my man CB's thoughts were uh, Lafayette Stribling. The picture in mind, the picture that stands out in mind, my mind is he had a red suit with a red derby dog on it. So, uh, Mississippi Hall of Famer class act. Uh, I echo CB's thoughts as well. But other than that, doing well, uh, other than that somber note. So, yeah, I love the derby. He even made the derby cool for the hip hop rappers out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, with, with that being said, BJ Jones, how you doing? We saluted you appropriately at the beginning of the team and all those that are associated with Southern University, including the staff and the football teams for the big win they got. But how are you doing this morning? Man, doing good, man. I had a chance to um, come to Birmingham, enjoy Magic City Classic, Magic City Classic uh, festivities, and watch Alabama and m get four in a row over Alabama State. And, a lot of questions and a lot of commentary coming from the people from Montgomery um, about hmm. the fate of, of, of their head coach from the direction of that program. Yeah, and I thought they were going to make a move in that second half as they pulled back in uh, uh, to get going, take the lead, and then um, 21 straight points from Alabama A&M to close the deal. Big for Kill Glass uh, to salute in the way that he goes out, at least in the Magic City Classic. Certainly is a statement. Some other things. May not be quite going his way this season, but he made sure that he has a chance to end on a high note. And Maynard just continues to find a way to have mastery over Dr. Hill Ely. And as I would imagine, in Hornets country, um, they might be stirring up that nest a little bit. Uh, It's starting to get around that time where folks separate themselves, make a statement, and fans and coaches look for extensions, uh, championship trophies to make a statement, and those other ones look for a way to – um, get out of the extensions or get out of a contract, move towards another contract. So the world turns. With that being said, let me get into it a little bit. We might have a surprise for you a little later. We have a great interview. But as we said, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. This is a company that provides sporting educational consulting and data analytics. We're going to uh, see if we can play a video shortly. Um, and we'll get that into as soon as I'm ready for that. But before we get into it, let me give you a breakdown of the top 10 for the majors and mid-majors. Number one, Jack State Tigers slugged their way uh, by Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, 28-19. to Game got as close as 21-19. Valley had a chance to see if they are going to make a stop. Jackson State as the number one team did. They find a way to make a big play and provide themselves a little comfort and go ahead and win and going away a lot of ways. At number two, Prairie View and Panthers were open this weekend, which means you go to number three. Florida and Rattlers defeated number 10 at the time. Brown State Tigers 26-3 dominated that game. Uh, one of the most exciting parts of the game was Fam U seeing if they could keep grabbing out of the end zone at the end, and they did just that uh, to get it done. Number four, Norfolk State Spartans defeated Morgan State Bears. Credit to the Bears, they are still fighting and actually made that game relatively close Uh Norfolk State Spartans do what they're supposed to do as a number four team. Yeah, everybody wants you, but they find a way to pull away at home 31-20 to, to get it done. 
The number five Alcorn State Braves are upset, and that's upset in terms of the ranking. Southern Jaguars with a field goal at the end of the game is the clock expires, 38 to 35. Number six, Tennessee State Tigers hold on to defeat Murray State Racers, 27 to 21. They were dominating the game, literally 21 to zeros. The Racers came back. A couple of tough calls went against the Tigers, but they tied the game at 21, and then Tennessee State has the ability to just seem to make significant plays at significant time. They literally drove down the field, got what would be the game-winning touchdown, mixed extra point, but they were able to stop Murray State on trying to reciprocate. Number eight, Alabama and Bulldogs, we just talked about, took a bite out of the number seven Alabama State Hornets. Bulldogs win Magic City Classic 42-28. Probably one of the most exciting things about that game was pregame all week when President Eugenie, as he retires, had a video that was just masterful. If you hadn't seen that, we need to get that to you. It was hilarious. And number nine, South Carolina State Bulldogs scratch and claw to defeat North Carolina Central Eagles, 27-24 classic game. They stopped the Eagles on their last game to get that job. Going to the bid majors, number one, Langston Lions lose on the road to Louisiana mm. Tigers, 31-24. Tough loss, so there'll be some changes at the top in the mid majors. Number two, Willie State Bulldogs continue just to win as they defeat Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions, 31-7. And number three, Albany State Golden Rams edge out Morehouse Maroon Tigers, 14-10. The Tigers, Maroon Tigers are playing well. Saw on honor then that they actually had Morehouse winning that game and kind of shut me and I had to go look up the verify and found out not so fast, my friend. And number four, Fayetteville State Broncos defeat Livingston Blue Bears, 34-0. Number five, Savannah State Tigers count. The number seven, Port Valley State Wildcats, 24-6. Great rebound for the Savannah State Tigers. Port Valley State cannot make it all. It's supposed to be with the Fountain City Class against Albany State next week. Still want to go in there with the rivals, but they could have made that a winner take off. Not to be if Savannah State refuses to be denied. And number six, Charles Bears defeat Winston-Salem State Rams, 38-14. Boy, how the Rams have fallen. And number eight, Lane Dragons defeat Central State Matador, 16-14. Back to number six. I want to give a lot of credit to Shaw Bears. They're making a statement as they close out the season. And number nine, we wanted to put dirt on and bury them, but they find a way just to get it done. Closer than many people thought, they went down to Florida. Edward Water, Tigers. Uh, Miles Golden Bears defeat them 16-9, but Edward Waters look like they may be something to contend with uh, as years come on as they officially go into the Division II of the SIC as they're transitioning from NAIA. Bring us to number 10. The Virginia Union Panthers defeat the Elizabeth City Vikings 44-14. Big time matchup. With that being said, I do want to play this video, and then we'll go back to see what you all thought in terms of some of these top teams before the second half of the show we'll actually get into some specific matchups. Let's go with the video. fan his uh better half wife out there shooting that from the end zone getting them great uh 
seats as you know a luxury style. Some people don't have it like that. Others do. <laughs> credit to him for getting that video and sending it to us. So I want to give him some love in terms of Thomas White Jr. Again, he does mogul threads. Go get your shirt from mogul threads, especially with Southern Jaguars. He has a lot of different designs that you can get out there where he's getting it done so different day ways. But courtesy of that vi- video, you see all the madness that took place. I guess I would be uh, remiss if I didn't go straight to B.J. Jones just to talk about what did he think about as that kick was coming down. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, Luke Jackson, young man, is, is a freshman uh, out of the uh, Cincinnati, Ohio area. Uh, got a lot of people talking this summer with his kicks. You know, he were, he posted a video uh, knocking them down for from 50 and 55 yards. And then when the season started, he missed a couple of kicks early and people were thinking, OK, so where where is this Luke that we've been seeing during the summer? And Luke is showing up. Um, he has the ability. He hit that one from 47. And if you look at it, he actually had room. Um, he, that one would have been good from 57. Um, just overall, man, just gutsy performance uh, by Southern. Uh, you get beat for homecoming. Uh, we could go. Uh, spirits are, are, are low. Uh, but they, they come back and, and they fight. Uh, you know, they heard all the criticism um, about how bad they lost to Prairie View and have an opportunity. You got Alcorn coming in team that you haven't defeated since 2016 uh and and they come in and, and they fall uh and and i kind of felt that southern would do this you know i kind of felt talking to the guy uh talking to the kids uh this week their mentality and, and just look at how alcorn was playing alcorn had been alcorn uh of yesteryear they've had some struggles uh they've been barely sli- sliding by uh felix yes. harper had, had been the felix harper of old and, and that defense has really bailed them out. But I felt like offensively, uh, the special front that Southern could have their way. And it happened, and Southern made just enough plays defensively and, and just enough plays offensively to get it done. No doubt about it. We'll get back into a little more of this football talk in the second half of the show. Time for our first break. After the first quarter, we'll be right back. And credit again to B.J. Jones as he made the call and let everybody know it was going down. We'll get into it a little more right after this break. Dr. Viz inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and B.J. Jones. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www.slowburnwaco.com
Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Tell everybody Network. they can follow their dreams. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, DJ Jones. You know, we like to give you some interviews and part of the show, shows on Sundays. Oftentimes we're with the coaches, but this time we wanted to go a little bit in a different direction. Mike Washington is always talking about the tailgate opportunities and different recipes. So we thought what better to bring in some actual individuals that have wrote a cookbook about Pinch, Dash, and Done, a getaway to flavorful recipes. Uh, Miss Beatrice Moore and Miss Renita Harris are here with you to talk a little bit about the cookbook and make sure you have some recipes for the rest of the football season. Uh, some of you all are going to have extended season as we get into the playoff and championship race, but we'll see how that goes. With that being said, let me first say welcome to the show. Beatrice, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Great. How you guys doing? Doing really well. Doing really well. Looks like you're already out there ready for some little tailgate this morning, Sunday. I don't know if you're getting ready to watch a couple of games or you just making sure that we got it right. I love it. I love it. And then we have none other than Bernita. How you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Man, I like the cook aprons that you have on. Let's get into it. I'm going to start with you, Bernita. Talk a little bit about how this book came together. Well, the book came together during the pandemic. Um, while we were locked down that first month of uh, COVID, um, I started running out of eating options since all of the restaurants were closed. And I made a Facebook post and I asked my friends, let's share some recipes and some menu options so we can switch it up and, and have a variety in our life. And of course, the one I knew would respond would be beef. And so with B's response, it just goes from there because B is like a scientist in the kitchen. She is always cooking, experimenting, trying something, and it just took off from there. So from a Facebook post in March, we started a business in May. Six months later, we had a product on the line and we were ready to go. So pinch, dash, and dump. Man, talking about that. Beatrice, in terms of being the scientist, I'm not going to, even though it's Halloween, I'm not going to call you the mad scientist. That may not be appropriate. But in the kitchen, it sounds like you get it done. Talk about, from your perspective, what was the most exciting thing about working on this project? The most exciting thing was simply having an opportunity to do some teaching about cooking. I have a garden and I had uh, one whole chapter, the first chapter of the book is devoted to herb gardening. And so that was exciting to me because I'm passionate about the cooking. I'm passionate about the gardening and really uh, getting the word out to people that it's time for us to establish some healthy eating habits. And we don't have to give up everything, but we can certainly watch what we're putting into our bodies. So mm. 
that was very exciting to me. The other thing that was exciting was taking some traditional recipes and giving them a twist for 2020, 2021, for this century. So, you know, like we all grew up on grandma's cornbread, but we did a little twist on the cornbread in the book. We have peach cobbler in the book, but with a twist. And so, so many other things, some things that we are familiar with, but then we also created lots of new recipes, like um, mm, some ice creams. <laughs> Who does not like oh, ice cream? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. we, Can't go wrong with ice cream. That's right. But we know some of us are lactose intolerant. Some of us are off of dairy. So we have the dairy as well as the non-dairy in there. So with a twist, we have different flavors like lavender and rose. So we just put some new twist on some old things. So I just got excited about that. No doubt about it. I hear the excitement in your voice. Let me go to the group of my co-hosts and let them get a chance to get and ask the follow some follow-up questions. I'm going to start with you, Charles. Yeah, sure thing. I, I wanted to ask this question. Of course, we're in football season, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the choices aren't as healthy around the tailgate. But what are some some healthy choices that we probably could look at uh, around the uh, the tailgate venue? Go ahead, Vernita. Uh, oh, let me take that one. She has okay, some options sorry. right there for you. Oh, wow. So I'm going to turn my camera around, guys, and I'm going to show you some of the healthy options that I have for you. So let me... Oh, this is nice. Oh, presentation is everything. Presentation is everything. One of the criteria for tailgating. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, those are those are college. Me, you breaking up? But she has some cabbage rolls there. Okay. Um, that she Top has made. With some options and some vegetables. Oh, they there. Look she also has. I'm, I'm going to just talk it through because collard I greens. Collard green wraps. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's I see the fruit out there as well. Yes, she has. Oh, she went away, but I can tell you, she has uh, fruit out there. And fruit, you know, when you're outdoors in Texas, it could be hot, it could be medium, or it could be a little chilly. So fruit is going to be good at all the, it, it doesn't matter at all times, fruit will be great for you. You back, B? Okay, there she goes. Um, so she has the mute on, so follow up. Okay. Man, that looks that looks good. That looks she delicious. Has some, okay. She has some stuffed shrimps. Um, oh, yeah. Stuff. oh yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Let uh, Mike to ask a follow up question because um, you know he's going to get excited. So I already see in his eyes that he's grading this extremely high. He is our resident um, tailgate specialist. So Mike, what do you have to say? <clears throat> yes, uh, Bernita and then oh, wow. Are coming up wow man i am just whew, as i go looking i'm at hungry my, now i know i can't even concentrate on my question because of this presentation <laughs> <laughs> all right she also has uh their salads on a stick and so right there okay lettuce tomatoes is all on a stick so it's easy to handle and the dressing is right there so you just drizzle your dressing and so you you will have had a miniature salad uh, while you're out, and it's now something that's that 
especially as we get older, we need to incorporate. And she yeah. also has some shrimp stuffed tomatoes there, shrimp salad that's stuffed inside of tomato. You can keep those in your cooler and until you're prepared to eat those. Interesting. Wow. Awesome. Go ahead, Mike. So, so one of my questions is, you know, when you go to tailgates, <clears throat> they all have this regional um, uniqueness and they have this flavoring that we don't want to give up. So, you know, how do you, <clears throat> you know, mix in a, a healthy diet without giving up some of those, some of those nuances? For, for instance, the, the catfish in Georgia has a different taste than the catfish in Mississippi than the catfish in Louisiana. <laughs> all different seasoning. They'll tell you I've made it different. The brisket in Texas. Of course, the low country boils, which has a slag flavor in, in lo the low country, Georgia's, the Carolinas. Those have unique seasonings. So how do you keep it healthy without you losing that uniqueness in some of your uh, tailgate plans? Okay, can we talk here? Does everything have to be fried? Um, okay. <laughs> let's, let's just start there. Let's All put right. some of those fish on the grill. And let's grill them. And that will, that will help tremendously with your cholesterol and your blood pressure and your doctor on your back. So let's stop frying everything. You know, tailgating is probably once a week for some people. Some people, it might be just once a year for homecoming. But it just depends. So you can splurge, yes. But you can't have something fried every day. Everything in moderation and proportion to keep okay. you healthy. That makes sense. I love it when you talk about that because you also mentioned in the book you have a fish on the cover. And when I first picked up the book, I was like, yeah, this looks good just from the cover. Perfect picture. But you talk about your palate will travel via Tex-Mex, Southern, Italian, and Caribbean influence throughout the cookbook. Let me let B.J. Jones ask the follow-up question because he's in the need uh, in terms of his family as they're transitioning into some different dietary dietary uh, framework, not B.J. Jones. Let me put that out there on him, but addition to the family. So let me let him ask the follow-up question. I almost put you yeah. out there, B.J. Jones. <laughs> no, no, no problem. No problem. Um, uh, you guys are talk just talking about your healthy choices. What has been a healthy choice meal option that sounds kind of odd, but when people taste it, they're just completely blown away? Glad you asked that question, B.J. I'm going to prepare that for you right now. What I have is a uh, grill pack. And the grill pack, you can put it in containers, all of your ingredients, put them in containers, take them out, and keep them in the cooler until you prepare to cook. And what I have is red potatoes. And red potatoes are, I use those because they have a whole lot more flavor in them than the bigger uh, potatoes. And so all you need is fall paper. And so most people who tailgate have a grill. You add your potatoes and add some potatoes. And I like mushrooms. So I'm going to add some mushrooms, just a couple. Then I have andouille sausage. Andouille because it has a lot of flavor in it. I'm going to add this, and this is something you can do right there at the tailgate. Just keep these things in your cooler until you're ready to go. And I'll add some bell peppers. Bell peppers have all types of um, different flavors. They're good antioxidants inside, and it's a healthy choice. So with that, I'm going to add 
one tab of butter, and an ice cube. Fill it up. Fill it well. Now you can pre-pack these at home, or you can take them out and, and um, just make them up where you are. Then you can just drop them and put them on the grill. It takes 15 mm. to 20 minutes. Now the seasonings that I add, I'll add whatever my flavor seasoning, not a whole lot, because the andouille sausage has a lot of flavor in it. Pepper, pepper is a good seasoning. Yeah. So you don't have to worry so much about your blood pressure with pepper. And if you have somebody who's strictly vegan, just leave out the sausage, just make them up, and you can use olive oil, and that takes away. The ice will melt, and the butter will melt. It'll steam inside, and it cooks in 15 to 20 minutes, and this is great. This is a great meal or a great snack, and you can prepare what you want. It's something a little different. It's in the book. Check it out, and you can change it up as you want. I can say for your vegans, you can also add onions. You can think of other vegetables you may want to add to steam them, but it's good. And you just drop them on the grill. And if you're in the house and it's not a great day, throw them in the oven. 15, 20 minutes and you're amazed. Wow. That's easy to pack as well. And then once you finish, you just go. You got me with that one. You got me with that one. Yes, before indeed. before we let you go, I certainly wanted to make sure, uh, Benita, you gave some information about uh, Prairie View's homecoming and where folks that are going that way can get your book. And then Beatrice, I want to talk about for those that are not coming, you can tell them how they can get it as well. So, Benita, go ahead. That's great. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Well, we will be on campus at homecoming and from 10 a.m. to 12 noon at the campus bookstore, you can purchase our book and we will be there right outside the Memorial Student Center and we will sign your book. So we look forward to seeing you. They have a limited quantity. So first come, first serve. You can start calling in and reserving your book because they already have them in stock. So you can call in, reserve your books and they will um, uh, sell them and hold them for you before you get there. So they don't run out to help you. Certainly. Tell them your HBCU connection. Oh, we're both Prairie View grads. We can't wait for homecoming. We're taking <laughs> it home. There you go. I love it. I love it. And connected from Houston to the Virgin Islands as you get I'm done. In, the Let me go to the in the Bahamas, excuse me. Because <laughs> I went out there and visited. I just posted for your birthday. I appreciate that hospitality. Oh, you the world. It was a great trip. And uh, we Beatrice, want to come back to HBCU Day. No doubt about it. We're going to try to make that happen. Beatrice, if you would, tell them how they can get it if they're not able to get to Prairie View this weekend for me. Absolutely. Our books are available online through Amazon, Books a Million, and Barnes and, no- and Barnes and Noble. So you can just go online and order them there. And uh, we do sometimes have books here in Houston. I'm in Houston. And Great. we have a procurement center here. So if you would go to our website and see what book signings we have coming up in the local area, you can purchase one there too. They make great Christmas gifts. 
Uh, we are looking forward to a booming season again this Christmas with people who are purchasing the books. And we do want to let everyone know that when you purchase one of our books, we are donating part of the proceeds to the Houston Food Bank to fight food insecurity, as well as to donate money to Purdue A&M University to establish a scholarship fund to support those students who are going into the agribusiness who are fighting food insecurity long-term. So it's more than a cookbook. We're all about our community and wanna do whatever we can to give everyone a fighting chance. Awesome. Oh. Great job, great interview, great information. Keep up the great work and look forward to talking with you soon and catch up with you at Prairie View. Safe travels as you move about and continue to do the great work. I love the sandwich on a stick. I want mine, I want mine. We'll be right back with you to take after this break. I hope you enjoyed the interview in regards to Vanita and Patrice on Pinch Bash Done, a gateway to flavorful recipes. Get your cookbook. For a great cause, great recipes, get ready for to continue out your tailgate. We'll talk with you soon. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's, it's the, the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. This is Dr. Neville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, B.J. Jones, and A.D. Drew. As you see, Mike Washington is dealing with the airport movement, so he needed to jump off and get it done. So we brought in our other specialists, pinch hitter since we're in that season, A.D. Drew. I won't refuse to talk about the World Series right now. There's some folks that may be excited, but there are some others that are not. So you can do that <laughs> on your own show. At this point, we're talking about HBCU sports. So now what? With that being said, let's get into it. All kidding aside, you know, we're going to go through these mid-major 
games that we talked about and asked you all to watch out. Somebody got a big win this weekend. Let's just start right there. That's the HBC mid-major homecoming game of the week because we didn't have a mid-major classic. This is out of the CIAA Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham County Memorial Stadium. It was homecoming. Johnson C. Smith, one and seven now, one and five at St. Augustine Falcons. This became a home going as the Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls defeat St. Augustine Falcons 34 to 13. The good thing is Johnson C. Smith got their first win of the season. Not so good thing is, is the Falcons continue to be old for the season. And it's not looking good as they close it out. Let me go to you, our Division II specialist in many ways, A.D. Drew first. What were your thoughts in terms of the matchup here? Anything uh, that people need to recognize in terms of this matchup other than Golden Bulls getting the win? That's the conversation. By default, someone had to win. Someone had to lose. You know, if this was uh, the NFL, you know, we would now know who would be the front runner for the number one draft pick coming up. So, uh, <laughs> it, uh, perfectly no. said, perfectly said. We won't uh, belabor I, I, the I, point. I really don't want to belabor our the rest of our hour on uh, uh, no doubt, no doubt. That have show, one win between. We wanted to show some love to him. It was actually important because somebody was going to get the win. But I won't belabor it and won't insult uh, Professor Bishop, or Professor Jones, in terms of taking too di- deep dive in there. But there was another contest on the independent side, which featured Miles My- Golden Bears going to F- Florida for Edward Waters University. Edward Waters, as we said, transitioning into the SIC. So we see this as an independent now, but it will become a SIC matchup. It's important for Miles Golden Bears, they're number nine, but they're preparing to try to close out the season to represent the West. They've kind of had their ups and downs, so they needed this to continue with the momentum. They get it done. It was nip and tuck. They only win 16-9. to nine. Starting with you, B.J. Jones, I know you had a lot of your eyes uh, in terms of the Magic City Classic being right there. Uh, Alabama, but you also follow Miles Golden Bears as well as A.D. Drew. They were on the road. What are your thoughts in terms of this SIC slash independent matchup? I think a lot of people from Miles will look at that football game and look at the score and go, oh my goodness, like what are we mm. doing? Uh, but we, we've seen Edward Waters do this this thing several times this year where they you know, had an opponent and, and they had opportunities to win. You know, The biggest thing for Miles is that you get the win and you're setting yourself up um, where you need one more win uh, to, to represent the Western Division of the SIC in the championship game. Um, and we know once Miles get, gets there, all bets are off. Um, so Miles is, is surviving that advance. Um, they got the win, and that set up sets up a huge game uh, next week uh, against Tuskegee. With that being said, let me go back to you, A.D. Drew. What were your thoughts in terms of what this may do for the SIC things moving forward? Is this a breakdown where Miles Golden Bears is getting ready to make for that last run? Or is this an indication that Golden Bears are still maybe in slightly a bit of trouble? I, I think it may have been more about Miles getting ready for next week. Miles, Miles is the only team that controlled his destiny in the SIEC West. They they win. They're in by virtue of tiebreaker because they defeated both Kentucky State and Lane head-to-head with the win. There will be a three-way tie, but Miles with the direct head-to-head against both of them, 
they they control their own destiny. Miles may have been, you know, letting some other people play. Don't want to get the starters hurt. Have some other people who needed some more reps just in case next week because. Yes, Tuskegee will finish under 500 for the first time since 2011, but it is a rival game. Tuskegee mm-hmm. will come to the party with the intent of keeping Miles out of the championship game, as Miles has done to Tuskegee so many times in the past. So, yeah, and let's not sleep. Let's not sleep on Ever Waters for a team that. Did not get his coach until the end of May, mid-May, end of uh, May, his final coach. You know, it's, it's hard to get everything going and run it like you want to. Probably, probably didn't have a chance to go out and get all the players that he want. Let's see what Ever Waters is next year when they are uh, hopefully a full member and championship eligible in the SIC. It's a great point. That's a great point. Before I go to you, Charles, it seems like we have a little bit of a dog fight with the Angry Pride over there in the chat room. They're getting excited about what's going on there, but uh, we'll get into that a little more later in the last quarter show. But break down your thoughts on this Miles Golden Bears versus Edward Waters matchup. Yeah, much closer than I thought. Much closer than I thought it was going to be. But like BJ said, it's surviving advance for Miles. They control their own destiny. And let's be honest. Uh, it's it's going to be some dominoes fall after this uh, football season. Reggie Ruffin's name is going to be hot. Uh, Bowie State's coach is going to be hot. T.C. Taylor's uh, name is going to be hot. We might as well put those coaches out there, uh, put the spotlight on them because they're doing some great things at their respective institutions. So uh, these are names that I think uh, administrators should, should definitely keep uh, out, out in the forefront and keep, uh, uh, keep a lookout for because uh, they have their football programs playing tremendous football. Throw quick. Yeah, I would add the coach at Albany also. State, uh, Morgan at Langston. Great point in terms of those North coaches. Morgan Langston, yeah, exactly. You, you have Morgan. to believe they would be on there. Before we go to this break, they want to talk about the number four Fayetteville State Broncos defeat Livingston Blue Bears 34-0. This has been a solid program with another solid job. Coach, if he can somehow get that win in CIAA, he may even vault his name into the race. But the next one I wanted to talk about a little more is the top ten matchup in SIC that featured Fort Valley State Wildcats on the road at Savannah State. That was a number seven traveling to a number three. Number three got it done. In, uh, excuse me, number five got it done. Savannah State Tigers defeat number seven, Fort Valley State, 24-6. Uh, in terms of that matchup, I thought it was fascinating that Savannah State was able to um, pull back and kind of bounce back after the tough loss to Albany State and make a statement that while they may not be ready at the top level, um, they're still far ahead of Fort Valley State. The troubling thing about that is the Fort Valley State Wildcats, you had a lot on the line. You had a chance to make the Fountain City Classic a playoff game in terms of who would get into the SIC championship, and now it's not to be. Uh, it's going to be just for a lot of pride, which is enough, but it's going to be there. With that being said, before you break that down, let's get into our major division. We'll do that right after this break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, B.J. Jones and A.D. Drew bringing you the latest and the greatest based on a great HBCU weekend. It's starting to go down. You have the championship race in full pitches. Some people have got it done as Bowie State has locked up the Northern Division. And after the Fayetteville State win, they've locked down the Southern Division. After the Fort Valley State loss, Albany State has locked down the East of the SIC. And you pretty much have Miles getting it done 
in terms of the West of the SIEC. So we should have our matchups coming together. We'll talk a little bit more of that this upcoming week as we get into those Division II matchups. But then the pitchers maybe getting a little clearer in the MEAC in the sweat. Maybe not. We'll talk about that after we get after this break. Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. I want you to get the vaccine because I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be a patient. I take care of you in the hospital. That's what I'm scared of. Can I hug you? Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike had to jump off to make sure that he caught his flight as he's traveling around and he'll be doing some of his own tailgate as he preps to get back for homecoming. We'll see how that goes. But we have none other than Professor Bishop. We have the resident clinical professor, Jones. And then we have our other visiting professor, Drew, with that being said, let's get into the major division. We did have a classic on the major division side. It was a big one. Birmingham, Alabama, Legion Field, Magic City Classic, SWAC. Not for the division as some people may have wanted to be or thought, but it was important nonetheless. Alabama and them Bulldogs improved the four and three, two and three in the conference race. Alabama State falls to three and four, two and three in the conference race. So you had the number eight Alabama AM beat the number seven Alabama State Port. Hornets, 42 to 28. Uh, let me go to you first, Charles Bishop. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Uh, I think when I first looked at the statistics, the first thing that jumped out at me uh, was that Ryan Nettles was back at starting quarterback instead of Miles Crowley. Uh, I was really impressed by Miles Crowley, um, his play uh, versus Jackson State, but they decided to go with Ryan Nettles in this game. But, you know, what can you say about Alabama A&M? They're, they're the number one offense in the swag. They continue to get it done. A quill glass and the bevy of receivers, they, they, can, they can, you know, beat you in a variety of ways. But uh, Gary Qualls, he was able to get off again yesterday. I think that was probably the difference in the game uh, without having, you know, eyeballs on it. But uh, I have to take my hat off to Alabama a and four, 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 getting it done uh, four years in a row. And it, it, it turns the heat up just a little bit more down there in Montgomery. Uh, great point. A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts? Alabama A&M picking up another paper championship here in the state of Alabama. Alabama A&M 2-0 oh. against some teams in Alabama. <laughs> Alabama State 1-1 one one 
against the teams in Alabama. Tuskegee, oh, and one against the teams of Al- in Alabama. You know, it's good to see Alabama A&M getting back on on track. Uh, Alabama A&M probably will not lose another game for the remainder of the season. But those three in the middle uh, have caught up with them and, and just totally eliminated them out of the race. Great points. Texas Southern may have some putting up 60 spots, maybe an explosion in terms of what their games look like. But I agree with you. Alabama has to be favored in the rest of the game. So they have a chance to at least um, kind of rectify their overall season, uh, uh, making sure that they have a statement in that perspective. B.J. Jones, what were your thoughts in terms of the Magic City Classic in the game itself? I know you touched on it a little bit, but go ahead. I mean, the biggest thing was that Alabama A&M offensively, when they're able to protect the kill glass, the offense is deadly. Um, you saw Alabama State being able to get to a, a kill glass early in the second half uh, and get them on the ground. Uh, they were clearly winning the battles up front. Uh, but this comes into a case, these four losses by Alabama State to Alabama A&M all have the same thing in common. Alabama State played right into the hands of Alabama A&M. At the half, Alabama A&M's Ezra Gray was averaging 7.5 yards per carry. Alabama State comes out um, throwing, just throwing the football. I, I don't understand why they abandoned the run so quickly. And one of the big keys to that game, Alabama A&M comes in and they score in the second half. Uh, Connell Maynard, you can tell they didn't have faith in that defense to stop Alabama, uh, Alabama State. They kick the onside kick and get it and score again to go up uh, two scores. That was a huge turning point. Huge. Uh, because at that particular point, uh, Alabama State, you know, went back to airing it out. And I, and I didn't understand that. I was talking to some guys in the press box. Didn't understand it. When Alabama State wanted to run the ball, they ran it. Uh, Alabama and them wouldn't, wouldn't stop them from running it. But they played right into Alabama and them's hands, trying to air it out. You know, a few incompletions, and now you're three and out, and you have to punt the ball. And at that particular point, uh, Akil Glass and that offense was humming. Uh, and there was nothing that Alabama State could do about it. And you're right. When Alabama A&M starts to hum on offense, I don't care how good your defense is. It's hard to stop them. That's the offense that you really want to get in their face and get in and early and kind of frustrate them, make them physical, because they get going. It gets tough. Let's go to another team that is very physical that we're starting to find out, and that's Tennessee State Tigers, ranked number six in four here. Um, they had Murray State Racers coming down there, three and four, zero and two. It was homecoming. They got a little more fans. They're up to eight thousand now. Maybe that will make uh, Coach happy. Uh, we'll see if his remarks on that. As number six, <laughs> Tennessee State Tigers defeat Murray State Racers twenty-seven to twenty-one. They get it done. Tennessee State is impressive in terms of what they're doing at this point. They continue to get better. Physical at the attack, and they're able to run the ball. I'm going to stick with you, B.J. Jones. What are your thoughts in terms of this independent, non-conference, major division game of the week? I mean, Tennessee State did what they needed to do to to, to get a win. Um, you know, they, they find a way to scrape and claw. I know people are going to look at the people that they've beaten and go, well, they had not beaten anybody. Well, they're, they're winning games. And that's, that's a team that now that has confidence. That Tennessee State team didn't have confidence against Grantham. They had no confidence against Jackson State. When Jackson State went up, uh, what was it, 14? You knew that game was over. Tennessee State's playing with confidence now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that you didn't see at the beginning of the year. It'll be interesting to see going into, uh, you know, as we get deeper in the OVC season, uh, you know, their 
you know, right around third, can they make a legit push, uh, you know, for the, 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 the title? I mean, the OVC, is, it isn't the OVC of old. There's no Jacksonville State. There's no Eastern Kentucky. Um, we, we know that. Uh, so this, this, this is a winnable uh, conference uh, for Tennessee State. Uh, let's see how it plays out coming down the stretch. Jimmy Wilson says Murray State is the basketball team. Sarah Beverly says they lost Grambling looms large for TSU. And to your point, the confidence mm-hmm. is different at this time. So good point there. Let me go to you, Andy Drew, and what were your thoughts in terms of that matchup between Murray State and Tennessee State? You know, uh, preseason, back in, back in July, I was looking at different ratings for the uh, HBCUs. And Tennessee State was, at that time, according to MasseyRatings.com, the number one rated team uh, for, for HBCUs ahead of A&T, ahead of Jackson State, and ahead of all those, uh, those other teams. You know, so someone saw not only the talent, the talent that may have been there at Tennessee State, but also their, their schedule. And one of those, if you turn one of those early losses into a dub, we may be talking about Tennessee State being the HBCU trying to get to the playoffs instead of FAMU, just based on their strength of schedule coming out of that, that OVC. Yes, not the OVC of old, but it is still the OVC, which is a higher-rated conference than the SWAC is right now. So, you know, things are looking bright in Nashville. No doubt, and – I absolutely like the framework that you talk about, the massive ratings or ratings in general. But I'm a little off on this massive rating. Usually I follow what's going on there, but I'm not too excited about the OVC, nor are most folks out there. But to your point, it is what it is on paper. Let me go to, your, go to you, Charles. Get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, we got to talk about the play of Jeremy Hickbaum. I mean, he looks like a completely Ooh. different quarterback uh, from even his time at Grambling. Uh, and to your point, BJ, uh, toward the beginning part of the season, uh, he is really playing uh, tremendous football. And although the OBC is is down this year, Murray State is down. Uh, Tennessee State, they're they're playing uh, pretty good defense. They're number one defense, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, looking at mm-hmm. uh, where their rankings are in the OBC. So you got to take your hat off to Coach Eddie George in terms of the way he's righted the ship up there at Tennessee State, and they are looking like a, a much better football program. Without a doubt, and they have every right to be excited in terms of what they program and didn't want to make sure um, that people saw that in that nature. They're getting it done where it counts on the field. It'll be interesting to see how things move forward because Tennessee State looks like there'll be something to reckon with. As we get into it, let's go to the MEAC, Washington, D.C. In terms of this matchup here, excuse me, it was actually in Raleigh as the South Carolina State traveled to North Carolina Central. Boy, this was a intriguing matchup it went down to the wire but number nine South Carolina State Bulldogs defeat the North Carolina Central Eagles 27 to 24 it is an exciting matchup uh back and forth all game long slugfest uh balls in the air running attack everything that you wanted to see in this matchup was there Charles Bishop what were your thoughts in terms of South Carolina State as every time we ready to bury them they're coming with it they're even up the record at four and four three and oh in the conference race uh, North Carolina Central Falls in terms of where they are in the MEAC, uh, in terms of them going to one and one and three and five overall. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Every time we're ready to kind of bury South Carolina State and go ahead and, 
and put the crown on Norfolk State. Here they come with another impressive win. South Carolina State, they got back on the ground yesterday. Huge game yesterday uh, by Kendra Flowers, 121 yards on the ground. So uh, kudos to South Carolina State getting it done. That was that was a tremendous win. I like that win. DJ Jones, what are your thoughts on it? Hey, I, I pulled up the ESPN app and looked at it. I was like, wow, North Carolina Central is really getting, you know, giving South Carolina State everything that they can handle at the half. Turn it on, man. North Carolina Central, man, could have, would have, should have. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard had a, a, a receiver streaking wide open. Uh, the only thing between him and the goal line was Jesus, and he missed it. You know, they, they, they scored there. It's a completely different. Uh, game. I, I think that was late in the third, early in the fourth. And then that interception right there at the end for South Carolina State to steal it. Uh, the, that, that's a pass you can't make. You can't make that throw. Um, but, hey, North Carolina Central, they, they gave South Carolina State everything that they could handle. South Carolina State found a way. And, and, and man, coming down the stretch, North Carolina uh, – I'm sorry, South Carolina State, Norfolk State, uh, North Carolina Central thrown in there, man. It's going to be a battle down to the wire over there in the MIAC. I think so. Before I go to you, Drew, you got some key matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, in terms of just even next week you get into it. Uh, Morgan State, excuse me, you have Howard and South Carolina State, Norfolk uh, traveling to Central. And it looks like it's coming down to Norfolk State and South Carolina State, but there's some teams uh, that can play a hook. Uh, hiccup on all this and then I think one key matchup is a non-conference matchup which is at week 11 not to get too far ahead of us but I'm interested in this matchup which features South Carolina State and North Carolina A&T a chance for South Carolina State to make a statement um, A&T to see if they can resurrect their season or is this one just to be a loss with that being said back into this matchup AD Drew what were your thoughts on South Carolina State and the Eagles Actually, I, w- I want to talk about the whole uh, the entire BAC uh, this weekend because not only that uh, South Carolina State Central game had you look at like what the heck is going on, but when I popped up the uh, the Morgan State Norfolk State game, where Morgan had the lead there uh, early in the third quarter, right, well, also right. I was also like, all right, what the hell is going on? And <laughs> with a sixteen MEAC. You know what? What more can what more can you expect? You know Howard, Delaware State, another game. All three games in the BAC this weekend were not what you would have thought about at eight o'clock Saturday morning. So it's intriguing. One loss in the BAC will essentially bury you. So let, let's see what come what happens to come out of the BAC. And, of course, the biggest question for us as HBCU fans, will the winner of the BAC be a true representation and a true challenge for anyone who comes out of the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl? Yeah, that, that's starting to loom large. We shall see. You know, we will give all kinds of ups and downs, but it will be played out on the field. Talking about played out on the field, everybody thought Jackson State, or most did, that are not really into this, thought Jackson State was going to run over Valley. We keep trying to tell folks Mike is not here to say his valley, 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 but uh, it got to 2119 and people were opening up their eyes. Charles, what happened mm-hmm. down there in the Delta? I mean, as always, when, when Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State plays, uh, Valley throws their best uh, <laughs> Joe Frazier left hooks. Uh, they continue to be 
as scrappy as anybody that you'll ever see. And for the first time yesterday, uh, a team was able to run the ball on Jackson State. That was the thing that jumped out. Caleb Johnson was able to get some some big runs. Uh, one of the things that's been kind of a, a hallmark of Jackson State this season is basically they stop you from running the football and, and then they get after the passer. Uh, yesterday is a little bit of a reverse. Uh, they weren't quite as stout on, on the run. Caleb Johnson was able to go for over 100 yards in that game, but they continued to get after the passer. Um, uh, uh, Jelani Easton only passed for like 124 yards in that game. And Jackson State defensively is starting to turn teams over now. They had uh, three interceptions yesterday, which I thought was huge. But I think something that is a bit of a concern, continuing to go forth, is uh, you got some injuries along the offensive line, not really able to establish the run. And Jackson State kind of had to rely on some big plays. You had another individual, Trevante Rucker, step up yesterday. Huge 74-yard uh, uh, pitch and catch from Shadour Sanders yesterday. But uh, week in, week out, I think the thing that jumps out with me with this team, it doesn't matter whatever adversity that it hits. Uh, they, they have this sort of, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call it confidence, swag, or whatever the case might be, but somebody's going to step up and make a play. And that was one of the things that you saw yesterday. Even when the game got tight, there really wasn't any worry. There really wasn't any, you know, you know, finger point or whatever you want to look at it on the sidelines. They just kind of kept looking at each other like, okay, somebody step up, somebody make a play. And that's what eventually happened. But, you know, hats off, hats off to Mississippi Valley State. They threw a tremendous punch yesterday. Jack to say withstood the punch and was able to get out of a very hostile environment with a win. Great points made. Let's get into the last game we're going to break down. It was one for the ages down there in Baton Rouge. Uh, A.W. Mumford Stadium, always a hostile environment, always a tough place to play. Uh, those that historically can be there. You have number five, Alcorn State Braves, 5-2, and 4-0, and oh, trying to get to 5-0, and oh, the same spot that Prairie View in to kind of make that match up in a couple of weeks that much interesting. It's still going to be on the line um, because the winner of that certainly will be in the driver's seat. At Southern Jaguars, three and four, two and two, trying to bounce back from a tough homecoming loss um, that uh, did not go their way. And they do just that stunning major upset for a lot of folks is dropping the Braves uh, with a last second field goal to win 38 to 35. I'm going to start with you, A.D. Drew. Go to you, Charles, and then say D.J. Jones last for this breakdown. You know, this was a game of momentum swings for an entire 60 minutes every time one team made made a big play or did something uh off script and had the opportunity to seize the momentum the team that was losing the momentum did something in response to it what a great uh matchup you know you thought you thought the botch pat uh snap on the pat was going to be a turning point you thought the turnover early in the game uh, down uh, in the red zone was going to be a turning point. Uh, th th there were so many different things that you thought would be the turning point and will be the th key thing that you were pointing to in this game, but you can't really point to any of those things as the turning point in the game. The big problem in that game was Southern had too, had too much time on the clock in order to come back and score when uh, Alcorn scored and got the two-point conversion there with exactly one minute to go in the football game. Great drive by Southern, knowing they only needed three points. Great play call with, I believe it was, uh, I forgot how much time was on the clock, but to run the ball, get those extra four or five yards to get the ball centered 
That was a great um, play call there on third down to give them the, the, the position to uh, to kick the field goal. And yeah, like BJ said, that, that kick would have been good for another from another 10 yards away. But just the fact that you put yourself in that position where you didn't have that pressure to have to make those other 10 yards. Yeah, and it was a little off on the call because they said the line was another 12 yards. And so they were surprised when he ran the ball. But everybody that followed Southern knew what that kick could be. He's like, man, no, that's huge. He lined it up, got five yards closer. He was good to go. So that was intriguing in terms of that analysis from the game commentators. But it worked out. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of what took place? Um, and you've seen this for years in terms of some of these classic matchups from between Grambling, Alcorn, Southern, and Jackson. You got another one in the books. What did you think? Yeah, it was a tremendous game. And I, let me start off by taking my hats off to Jason Rollins and staff. Uh, when you talk about bouncing back from a deflating loss last week, the Prairie View homecoming loss, and to rally the team, to rally the troops, if you will, uh, for uh, an all-corn team that's coming in and has this streak uh, against Southern, I, I can't say enough about that. That That's a very, very impressive win to me, uh, to, to, to circle the wagons, if you will. And, and to keep things afloat uh, with regards to the program. And that's what pedigree programs do. Uh, that's they, They're able to, you know, take a loss like that and really transition back and, and focus in on the, on the upcoming week. I uh, can't say enough about that win. Uh, Glendon McDaniel, he didn't have that uh, turnover yesterday that has been, you know, plaguing uh, Southern's offense, that, you know, a sort of a deflating turnover. So kudos in that regards. And you can't say enough about it. Uh, Shout out to Carlos Brown. He doesn't have to go on hunger strike now. Uh, he has that win uh, <laughs> over Alcorn. So I definitely want to shout out Carlos on that. But uh, you can't say enough about this win for Southern. That was a tremendous uh, opportunity to get, you know, uh, get this uh, win over an Alcorn team that has a lot to play for going forward. And they stymied that yesterday. Yeah, hashtag no hunger strike. Hashtag before the game in the street. Hashtag done. Done. <laughs> I, mean, I called it yesterday on Carlos' show. Um, styles make fights. Uh, you hear this in the sport of boxing, but it's also the, 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 the case in the sport of football. Alcorn State plays a style uh, that benefits Southern University. Uh, I felt like Alcorn kind of played it close to the vest offensively all year. Felix Harper hadn't been to Felix Harper uh, that we've seen uh, in, in 2019. Um, and, and I knew that, you know, Southern was going to line up and going to challenge Alcorn up front. Uh, and a lot of those ba- battles, uh, Southern, Southern won. Uh, the, the biggest thing uh, from that game is you saw a football team that didn't give up. Uh, Jason Rollins and that staff had the worst week that you could possibly have a week ago. Uh, not only losing to Prairie View, but in the fashion in which they lost to Prairie View. And then it was about who was on the other sideline at Prairie View. Eric Dooley is a fan favorite with a lot of people at Southern University. So for him to come in and win a game in that fashion for homecoming, his popularity uh, triple doubled, uh, you know, a week ago. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Jason Rollins and his coaching staff. They came in and kept their face down to the pavement, and they got the job done on yesterday. Luke Jackson, Luke, Luke, the force is with you, Luke. Only a freshman, 47-yard uh, uh, game winner. Uh, man, he did an amazing job right down the pipes, and – like Andrew Drew said, that kick would have been good from 57. Um, so great job from Southern. Uh, get together, regroup. You got family coming in on this Saturday. You have an opportunity to do it again. 
Yeah, that would be another huge statement. That is certainly one of the games to watch. Some other ones to check out will be uh, Battle of the Tigers, Savannah State, and Edward Waters. That is in Savannah, Georgia. Um, you have the rivalry game between Virginia Union and Virginia State, another rivalry game, Fayetteville State and Winston-Salem State, if we would. You have the Battle of Atlanta, Clark Atlanta and Morehouse uh, going down. They want to keep your eyes. The Fountain City Classic, Albany State, Fort Valley State is another one that you want to keep your eyes. Can Tennessee State keep it going with UT Martin uh, as they travel to Martin, Tennessee? Homecoming with uh, Alabama State traveling to Prairie View. Can Prairie View keep it going? Uh, they were awful weak. They need that game to make sure that they make the um, game against Alcorn State mean everything that they wanted to do. Um, you have a matchup between Arkansas Pineville taking on another freshman quarterback, if you would think, with Grambling State. So I'm intrigued about that matchup. Obviously, you have that Midwest matchup between Kentucky State and Central State. Kentucky State needs to put the pressure on Miles. Uh, so that would be one interesting. And then we go into uh, Charleston Southern and North Carolina A&T. That's in Charleston, South Carolina A&T out of the Big South, Hampton and Garden Webb, can both of those teams bounce back? Bowie State continues to do what they need to do, so they'll get it a matchup against Elizabeth State as they're fighting for playoff uh, positioning. So that's one to keep your eyes on in terms of what's going on. So those are some of the key matchups. In the MEAC specifically, you have a Thursday night game. That's Delaware State and Morgan. Can Morgan get it done? Uh, Delaware State quietly is playing solid, playing some close games, 4-4 four four on the ball. season. But Morgan State improved uh, or at least showed that they deserve to be on the field. Can they get off that zero uh, win column and find a way to get it done against Delaware State at home? That's on ESPN2, one to keep on. Howard has improved, quietly getting it done, solid. Can they get that major win over South Carolina State? Or will South Carolina State continue to march towards the matchup with Norfolk State going in North Carolina Central? The Eagles, we saw what they could do against Alcorn State. They played up and down. Will this be an up game or a down game? So that's one uh, to consider as well. Talked about the OVC in the Big South. So let's go into the SWAC, where it always seems to be going down and important. We have some big matchups this weekend. All-point straight travels to Bethune-Cookman. That is 0-4. Can they get off the hump? Uh, well, the Braves show that they can bounce back, much like uh, Southern did. But they got to do it on the road. Bethune Cookman continues to fight. Wildcats, can they get that elusive win? Texas Southern and Jackson State. Texas Southern put up uh, nearly 60 points, um, obviously, against Pine Bluff. That offense is humming. You got two freshman quarterbacks. Uh, one of them you would think is going to be newcomer of the year, but can uh, body over there at Texas Southern, can he make a major statement? It seems like Jackson State is a little deeper on the defensive side, but that's one to me to keep your eyes on if nothing else, in terms of the new guard coming forward with the quarterbacks uh, played there. Mississippi Valley State at Alabama A&M. Valley is physical. They're on the road, Alabama A&M. Can they come back and play against a team that uh, doesn't always get everybody up to, uh, but Alabama A&M needs to find a way to get it done if they're going to carry it on with the rest of the season? I wouldn't be surprised, though, Delta Devils. What? Alabama State at Prairie View told you about that. Alabama State, they need to find a way to get a win to um, make sure that they can show that the Hornets are going in the right direction or the Crows and Oz in Montgomery will continue to get louder if they can't get it done traveling with that far trip to Texas. Grambling, Arkansas, Pine Bluff talked about the quarterback play there. 
Then the big one that everybody wants to see now, especially now with Southern getting that win, you got FAMU 6-2 and two coming in against Southern 4-4. Four and four. That will probably be a top-10 matchup this week. And we saw the classic game before two years ago, 2019, which was a prelude, it seems, in terms of FAMU and their ultimate decision to come to the SWAC. Now this becomes a conference matchup. It used to be one of the best intra-conference matchups in the uh, years between the MEAC and SWAC. Now it's all about the SWAC. FAMU is chasing that elusive playoff bid. Southern wants to make a statement that they close out the season right there at home. It should be interesting. Some great matchups as you continue to get it done. Let me not leave out Langston as they go to Arizona Christian. They're holding on to that conference uh, win. I mean, bid in terms of trying to win the conference there. But also they're looking at playoff seating as well. We'll see how that goes. That will do it for us. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Before we tune off, BJ Jones, how can they catch up with you? Oh, man, you're catching me at uh, Inside HBCU uh, Football uh, here on Facebook, Inside HBCU F-Ball over on Twitter. Uh, usually um, uh, going live, my show was on Sundays at uh, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 7 p.m. Central. No show tonight. No show tonight. We got to take a little girl trick-or-treat, man. Trick-or-treat um, is, is big. So uh, trick-or-treat tonight, but we'll be back next week uh, to recap Southern FAMU, Alcorn, Bethune-Cookman, and a lot of the big games across uh, black college football. Also, Tuesday night, Twitter Spaces. You can catch me inside HBCU F-Ball. We have a good time there, man. And very informative. Sometimes it goes for a long time, Doc, can tell you. Uh, yeah. But that's on Tuesdays. Yeah, get your rest up for you. Uh, get in that matchup and get your laughs on because they're going to bring just great information, but they also keep you rolling. They go at it. 80. Drew, how they catch up with you? You can find me BCSA Drew, BCSA D R E W on, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can catch us on BCSN Sports Rap. And of course, you can catch us on the BCSA Family uh, Podcast. At by BCSN and the number one on all social media. Make sure you go and download, like, share, subscribe, and donate to the uh, fam- to the family podcast. Catch us on any of your streaming services at BCSN Pod Zone. Not only the sports rap, but you can catch uh, BJ Jones, the pregame show inside the HBCU Sports Lab. All the BCSN family of podcasts on your favorite Spotify, Anchor, wherever you uh, download your podcast. That's that's the BCSN Pod Zone. And with BJ not uh, coming on tonight, because we usually are the lead in for BJ, we come on at 6 o'clock every Sunday night. Hey, we may get into some uh, some coaches who uh, might be uh, looking for some trick-or-treats or the ho- uh, Halloween, you know, some coaches may be on the hot seat. We may talk about that tonight. Charles, that should be good talk. Charles, how can I catch up with you? Yeah, a week in, week out. You can catch me on the pregame show. We come on 90 minutes prior to uh, Jackson State's kickoff, but uh, we preview uh, each game uh, as we do, uh, as we did this past week with Mississippi Valley State. We came on actually this past Friday, but we'll be coming live to you from Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium next week, uh, 90 minutes prior to kickoff. But we'll be previewing Texas Southern. We'll be talking about all things HBCU. And of course, you can see me every Tuesday and Thursday right here on Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the hub. That's right. Let's get it, my JBN, my BCSN. Make sure you download them. 
you can't get any more closer to the information than you get from the pregame show, the best in the business getting it done there. With that being said, I want to thank you all gentlemen for getting up Sunday morning and give it to the people. Hope they enjoyed it. I did want to give a special shout out for Texas Southern University coach McKinley. Uh, man, you talking about a statement win that he needed at home as he defeats Pine Bluff 59 to 17. The offense is humming. Defense seems to be making some plays. We'll see what that means moving forward. Shout out to Texas Southern University and Coach McKinnon. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed BJ Jones and AD Drew as they tend to join on Sundays. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. 6 o'clock Central Standard Time at Sunday at 9 o'clock. As you know, follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. A.D. Drew. Happy 200, Dr. Cavill, Charles Bishop, and Michael Washington. Course. Thank you. B.J. Jones? Lecture. Charles? Yes, man. 200, 200 in the book! <laughs> Queen's grade A+. Plus. <laughs>